Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Slot Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone. As everyone knows, Christian LeBlanc has been our feature is our featured guest today for Memorial Day. And first of all, um, we want to thank all of the men and women uh, from our country, past and present, for fighting for us and giving us our freedom and keeping our freedom. Uh, we are welcoming to the airways Christian LeBlanc. He's a three-time Emmy Award winner. Daytime audiences know Christian from his portrayal of Michael Baldwin on the number one rated daytime drama, The Young and the Restless. The show has launched the actor into world-renowned status. He has become a fan favorite as host of numerous media and charity-related events here in the States and abroad. Christian's television appearances also include the role of Kirk McCall on As the World Turns, a starring role on In the Heat of the Night with Carol O'Connor, and Howard Rollins, and many guest appearances on programs such as Cheers and Gabriel's Fire. LeBlanc's stage credits include Ladies in Retirement, in which he starred with legendary actresses Julie Harris and Eileen Brennan. He also appeared in the Los Angeles Times Pick of the Week, No Orchids for Miss Blandish. In 2008, LeBlanc appeared in the Cantonville Nine, And in 2009, he starred in Appearances to the Contrary. He is currently a member of the Rogue Theater Company of Los Angeles. Christian is also an award-winning artist who has shown in Los Angeles, Washington, D.C., and at the Gene Bragg Gallery of Southern Art in New Orleans. He is currently working on a children's novel, which he is also illustrating. On June 29th this year in Las Vegas, Booyah Foods presents Up Close and Personal with Christian LeBlanc, and on-screen son, Max Eric, at the Del Toro Ristorante in the Palazzo Resort Hotel and Casino. Listen in for your chance to win a pair of tickets to hang out with Christian and Max in Vegas, as well as special promotion codes during this interview. CLB. Enter CLB, and you will get a discount on your tickets for that event. Let's welcome to the airway Christian LeBlanc. Hi, Christian. I was just busily hearing about myself. That's exciting. <laughs> I sound like a very busy person. And, you know, I'm glad you warned them about what it takes to hang with us in Vegas because God knows he'll, he'll need some heads up. You're funny. He's a wonderful guy. Um, okay, let's, let's get this started. Um, Memorial Day, thank you so much for joining us on Memorial Day. I know it's a day of rest and a day of uh, holiday, but I really appreciate you coming and talking to us on this day. Oh, it's my pleasure. Anytime you get to talk to the viewers, I mean, you know, like we don't have a live audience. This is the only interchange we get, and it's people like you and other interviewers and people who really believe in daytime. i got to tell you, it's, it's some of the best times I've had sitting there and talking with the viewers because, I mean, they're like family at this point, so thank you. Absolutely. Okay, um, when did you know 
that you wanted to pursue acting as a career? <laughs> probably. I don't know if we talked about that. We, uh, probably the middle of As the World Turns. Um, oh. I had I had always uh, loved medicine. I always thought I would be a doctor, pediatrician to be specific. And I'd worked in hospitals all grammar school through high school, um, and I majored at Tulane in, in New Orleans, where I'm from. I was a pre-med student, and I minored. Well, not minored. Uh, the other major was history, ancient Roman and Greek. So there was no, uh, you know, I did plays in high school. In fact, I am now of an age where the mayor of New Orleans, Mitchell Andrew, and I were in Fiddler on the Roof, and I'll say that right now. I was a Jew. He was the Russian, and we were fabulous. Uh, but I always get to throw that in his face. But, yeah, it wasn't until... I was one of those people who just loved. I, I worked all night at the hospitals, like I said, in college. But I was waitlisted for medical school because I sang. I'd done a few musicals, but it was mainly because I was in a singing group. And uh, in those days, if you didn't have a four O, uh, you did not you did not bother basically. So um, I was working very hard at Oxford Hospital, which is a huge clinic there in New Orleans, very famous to get recommendations, do the whole politics side of it, and also prove that I could do organic chemistry, which, you know, that's always everybody's bugbear. And uh, this was all, honestly, a failed attempt to pay for medical school. That's how I describe it way early on. But uh, I tell you, in the middle of, uh, I got this wonderful big job on Aswell Turns with Kirk McCall, uh, my first big part I ever had, and I fell in love. And it's a very jarring thing to... um, Realize you can't go home again, kind of like that. Right. But I loved it, and I and I couldn't deny it. And it's and I have no regrets. Uh, people ask me about whether I'd go to medicine again, but it's also one of the professions, very much like acting, that if you don't, if you're not passionate about it, if you don't have a calling, if there's nothing else you feel you can do but that, then don't do it. Because uh, you know, unless you have that feeling, there are so many easier ways to make money if that's all you're interested in. And God bless if that's what you're interested in. Don't do this. Right, right. Oh, absolutely. When you think back on when you first started on The Young and the Restless, which was which was a while ago, um, which is also celebrating its 40th anniversary on daytime on CBS, what, yes, was, <laughs> what was it about the character of Michael Baldwin that drew you to him? Well, first they offered it to me and they offered to pay me. That was very exciting. Um, But once you're in there, what was very exciting for me was it was the first bad guy, quote-unquote bad guy, that I'd ever been given to play. I'd done, like, comedy, romantic comedy, kind of romantic lead, leading man, you know, ingenue man. I'd never been uh, the dark... You know, uh, as well turns, was kind of rebel without a clue. Um, But it was the first bad guy, and I loved it. I remember Hannibal Lecter was out, um, uh, Silence of the Lambs. We, uh-huh. You know, they kind of let me do whatever I want, and I had a ball. And uh, it, was, it was some of very difficult. If you recall those early days with Christine's care, you know, Laura yeah. Lee Bell. Um, you know, to do that kind of violence was a whole new thing to explore, and especially uh, involving a woman. You know, everything southern, and <laughs> you just was riled up by that. Uh, and I've got to tell you, if I'm still around at all, it's because uh, Laura Lee, in those very violent scenes we had together, never flinched. 
if I had read any discomfort on her part at all in any of those scenes, I would not have been able to go on. But I tell you, she was a trooper. And when you have someone like that is comfortable in their skin and and you have each other's back, it makes a huge difference. But um, that's that's what was so intriguing about it. And just to explore all that, I had a ball. I was so good that they had to go ahead and put me in actor jail for three years. Uh, but I got to tell you, it was, I was the most loved actor being shown the door. Uh, Bill Bell and Lee Bell in the day were just, we'll call you back. And, and we love, love what you do. It was almost supposed to be a temporary character. You know enough when you're you know, harassing the ingenue. Right. He might not be around for a long time. But uh, he did call. I was on stage and uh, headed for, hopefully for Broadway, when he called the first time to come back to the show. So he kept his word. And, uh, you know, that big book that's out by Michael Maloney, the um, uh, the, the Young Restless Life of William Bell, uh, I was supposed, I'm was i supposedly the only one he's done that to where he called back. I didn't know that until uh, Michael Maloney wrote that book with Lee. So it, it's just fascinating. But I, I can't be more grateful to Bill and Lee, i got to tell you. And Lee is Lee is with us and uh, such a force on the show uh, uh, and, and a class act. But, uh, yeah. That's the the very badness of the guy drew me to him. That's interesting. Uh, that's not un, that's not unheard of though. I have heard that from you read that in articles all the time. That playing the bad guy is sometimes more fun than playing the good guy because you get to do things that people won't you can't do in their life. Yeah, and I think there's this as a dramatic device. In most dramas, it's the bad guy or the guy who's lost that that moves the drama. You know, uh, he knows what's going on. Generally, the good guy's like, "What's going on? I don't know what's saying. What's that? What's happening?" And so, to be the the mover of the plot, a lot of times, not every time, but you know, Mac, right. that's the one who gets things going. It ain't right. uh, it ain't uh, the king of Scotland. <laughs> okay, well. Obviously, we, we talked, and your character of, of Michael Bowen has gone, undergone a lot of changes over the years. I mean, now he's a good guy. He's a loving father, loving husband, and all of this. What, which storyline has been the most challenging to play and why? What has, like, really stretched your acting muscles to, like, where you thought, oh, my God, I don't know if I can do this? It's kind of been a it's a good question. It's kind of been a progression of things. You know, as you as you as I get more skilled, you know, I came late to it, but I have certainly caught up as far as finding teachers and really, you know, I work at this. This is not a, a uh, it's not an easy thing. I love it, which makes it not it it's um, natural, but not easy. You know what I mean? It it, it comes to you, but it, it it requires such a skill level, and I'm. Constantly trying to reach for that, and you know, it's there's no there there. It's, it's a continuing process. No one ever finishes learning about this kind of career. Or should we? Um, but not what you asked. I'm just drifting along. Oh, no worries. Um, uh, challenging. Which 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 storyline? Like really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, yeah. Like I said, that is a good question. Um, and it's just because I was going through all the ones. Um. I got to tell you things like, like Kevin uh, meeting up with Kevin for the first time, and then uh, having to deal with him in the hospital where he almost dies, was very emotional. Very, it was the first time I'd been given that kind of extended. I mean, that was day in and day out right. of something so heartbreaking. 
and you know the the hair and makeup department at Y and R they had made him up. All the boy did was lay there, and it broke your heart. Mm-hmm. But I got to tell you, I think the thing right now, who have worked with Tracy Bredman for so long, and a happily married couple, and then to go through this um, this trouble in in the marriage on the show has been really I you would think after almost you know I've done I've been in the business for gosh thirty something years and. I have never played the, the betrayed husband, the cuckolded husband. And this is, and oddly enough, you'd think every daytime is played it a thousand times. You know, talk to Josh Morrow. Um, but <laughs> here I am. And it is really hard. I think because we try, we have this talk a couple of times on set, Tracy and I, because we'll sit there and be running lines and we'll be crying in the dressing room. We Aww. don't do it on set. But you're saying these really painful things and we've been together long enough that, and, and Tracy and I kind of, work on such a profoundly easy level. And again, I've been very lucky to have leading ladies who are, or even leading actors, Max Eric, um, Greg Rickhart, Gloria, uh, Judith Chapman, the people who play my family, have your back. And that's true with most of it. It's such an ensemble show, Young young and the Restless. But the people I work most intimately with have have a huge comfort level with each other. And so you, you, you're brave enough to go in there and try new things. And I tell you, um, it's been hard. It's been hard to have these adult conversations that go right to the core. I mean, you have to say things uh, that are hard. You slept with another man uh, that hurts. Uh, uh, I, I picture it in my head now and I can't get out. You know, those kind of things, especially as we grow older and you're adult and you kind of lived these kind of maybe touches and bits of it. And it's a continuing conversation. It's not like somebody just died and they died and it's over. It's a process. It's a very painful one. So, and very complex and they wrote it so beautifully. I mean, you just breaks your heart to say some of the lines. You know, it's no work at all sometimes, but it it really is um complex thing. And it kind of called up a lot of, and when you get wonderful writing, you, I panic and it's like, I better be good. I got to step up to this. <laughs> So, I mean, you know, you can't be lazy. You can't toss this out the window. This is gold. Yeah. You know? So they really did wonderful by this storyline. So that added pressure plus these things that are I, – I started – Max and I had this talk. Uh, I was like, why am I – and I'm not that person who takes it home. During the uh, Kevin storyline, if it succeeded, the worst thing is if you have a bad scene. Eric and I were talking about this. You walk home and you carry it with you for the whole weekend. You can't wait to get there Monday to redeem yourself. But oh. this kind of war and war and war, and I was like, well, I'm not tired. And Max was like, and it's true. If you put your body through these, they're make-believe, but you are playing them real. So you're putting your emotions and your brain and your body through these these things that your body and your brain don't know. I mean, part of it don't know that it's not real. You're still in pain and you're crying and or you're upset and you're, you know, you're playing it. And it does wear. And I was it's like I, I got to tell you this. Uh, I was looking forward to the Memorial Day weekend and just sit there and sit for a minute. I'm not traveling, and a lot of business is coming up very soon. So, yeah. But it, I got to tell you, I love a challenge, and I love something that stretches me as an actor. And I've always found it in this character. It's one of the reasons I like Michael. It, it, he's not anything like me, and that's a chore. And it keeps up the challenge of having to go in every day and keep him apart from you and to put on this character. But also, they have written stuff over the years. If you think of what they've given me, they have never—I've never lost interest in the character. Because you know, that's very—you know—you think 
I always used to watch my friends on Broadway. You do a play for two years, three years, you're doing the same line every night. Right. How do you keep that fresh? And that's what your training's about. But God bless you. Right. The same thing for this. I mean, I was on, you kind of look over your shoulder going, I'm not bored of this. <laughs> but no, I got, it's not that kind of character. And it's not that kind of place. And I'm working with actors that are really, you know, you walk in there, you better have your game face on. Because they're, they're uh, you know, it's like going, you're going to play tennis. You want to get better, you play with other people who are better. And I tell you, people like Max and Tracy and Michelle Stafford and, you know, all these people. I mean, it's an ensemble cast of very highly. There's a reason why an R is number one, and it's number one for so long. God bless. It's a combination of these writings. I mean, I, I have tons of friends on other shows, and, and, and they are extremely talented actors. But we have that combo of wonderful writing. And this legacy of Bill Bell's about writing relationships. Yeah. We don't have aliens invading. You know, the story <laughs> of a man and a woman, our love family and the love of family is eternal. And you will always find an interesting way to tell that story. You just got to write it, you know, and the people will come. How do you think that Michael's goals and motivations are right now as opposed to before? I mean, it, it looks like Michael could be going back to the dark side or it's reemerging. How is that transpiring for you right now? Well, that's a good. That's a good. You know what? I, that's never gone away, and I've always worked really hard. People's people's mental problems, and that's what Michael had. They locked him up for that. People's fears and their abuse and their deaths that they suffer in their lifetime—they don't go away. They live inside those people. What you develop as you grow up, hopefully, is a process to deal with them. They don't disappear magically. Like an alcoholic, they don't become non-alcoholic. They just have a process of dealing with whatever, whatever compulsions they have. And you don't get better from a mental illness, and that's what Michael had. You don't get better from a bad childhood. You have a process to get past it. And this is a challenge to it, because he has in his head, Lauren Fenmore saved his life. And he'll say that, and he said that on the show before Michael as. And so that's a very, it's a pillar of his life and his big fear. I mean, his fear with his son was always there and, and it's been fun to keep it in there. And I and the writers have let me put it in the script when it's not. And you find, that's the challenge of playing into all the layers of your character. You'll remember way back, I don't know, when we, I first was told I had a son. I remember they wrote it that he was overjoyed, and we talked. And Lynn Latham was the writer at the time. I said, you know what? And she was like, yeah, you're right. And, and then we're talking like, oh, you're right, too. That he, The first is terror. Any new father, first off. Right. But a father who's been the product of an abusive home, of, a, of, of bullies, you know. And then for the writers to echo it in his own son, that his own son not only is not, is not even is bullied, but he's a bullier. It's fascinating. Yeah. So you have all these these plot lines, these stories the writers have layered on, and they've never given away Michael's history, nor have I. And it keeps that. So when something walks into the room like Max comes in and I'm told he's bullying, it works on a thousand different levels in Michael's head, the character's head. And it gives me hundreds of choices as an actor to let those emotions in. So it really is fascinating to me. I mean, the process is I've never not been fascinated by by the building of a character, especially for, you know, I can do this, I can do this, for, I've done this for, what, 20 years almost? Right. Where you you live real life. You do it in plays, you do it in movies, but this is every day. And that's what's so fascinating when you see fans of the shows. 
Because you've grown old with them, grown up with them. And that's the relationship when you walk into rooms where there are fans and it comes home to me that they know this character from seeing him every day in their living room. And you're like a guest, and it, and then you don't get that in any, any other medium, and it's very gratifying, and, and you're able to layer those. Again, thank you, Bill Bell, Lee Bell, the writers. They layered this character in, and, and I think it keeps Michael Baldwin interesting to me and hopefully the fans. Oh, absolutely. Oh, there's, there's, there's no question in my mind, just, just from me, that you, Max, and Tracy – are going to have Emmys next year for sure because the 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 work that you have done lately, this whole storyline has been absolutely amazing. So. It's wonderful, and it, and it truly is. I mean, I remember the last Emmy uh, I got was for that wonderful um, It's a Wonderful Life storyline for Christmas. Oh, right. And I remember Nelson Bronco is one of the reporters, and uh, mm-hmm. he had wrote in a thing... I think he had, you know, they do favorites and stuff, and that's wonderful. We all, uh, all the actors know all the press. And, you know, it's a part of the fun and the get people interested as you do these handicaps of who might win, who might win, who might win Emmys, and that's part of the fun. Um, and I don't think I was his number one. He had said that in my scenes, I'd walked, in, you know, in my show, I just walked in and reacted to people. And he's sitting in the front row when I have the Emmy backstage after I've, it's given to me that year. And I go, Nelson, where are you? And I go, you are exactly right. That is the heart of acting. All I had to do, and I'm, I am I will gladly admit that I, I stood on these people's shoulders to get this Emmy. Because I walked into the room and Michelle Stafford's playing a floozy booze hound. Kevin is crazy. Judith Chapman is a scullery mate, and it, all I had to do is react to these amazing performances, and that's where mine came from. But in this storyline, anything I do on that set as Michael, in this storyline, I find in Max's eyes as his actor, I find in Tracy's eyes. I don't have to go anywhere else. Right. And that's what any actor is. is you're, you walk into the room loaded for bear, and then you're hit with these amazing eyes, really. You know, it's it's stunning to me. Like I said, it, it's, it's an endless fascina- fascination to me. And that the fact that it even translates across, I feel it, but it translates through the TV screen. You know, it's been a blast. It has been amazing to me. And again, it's a challenge. It's like I've never done it before acting. And you get these these degrees of difficulty that are extremely challenging. And uh, i got to say, I cannot be more grateful. I cannot, you know, you live for this kind of stuff. I live in a bubble. Anyone who does this uh, daytime work is, has that kind of no actor works for 20 years straight. You know, Jeannie, God rest her soul, 40 years. You know, that just doesn't happen. And I can only be grateful uh, to, to get to do what I love every day and to be paid for it, for God's sake, please. Lucky. Very lucky. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, before we talk about the wonderful Jeannie Cooper, you are going to be uh, you're going to be having an appearance on June 29, 2013, in Las Vegas, presented yes. by New York Food with you and Max Eric. Max's first appearance. This is his, yeah. his virgin appearance that they've set up, and and it's with me, and I plan to embarrass him on stage. So come. <laughs> I plan to humiliate the boy because that's what a father does with his son, and I am not beyond using my actorly skills to do that. Oh, yes. That's good. I mean, 
I will get his boy band butt on that stage. Well, what what can they expect from this appearance? I mean, this is this is Vegas, and Vegas you think of it is, is really big, obviously. You know, go big or go home, kind of a thing. So, what can the fans expect from this special event? I think what's great about these kind of events, and it's how I work, and I know we've talked about this, and it's kind of what we give. We want to give fans because we know after all these years, kind of what we like to do, and I, you can go to Vegas, and you'll go to a lot of shows, and they're all up on the stage, and they're kind of apart from you. But when you come to this kind of show, there's no velvet rope here. The whole point of what Max and I and you and everyone else at this the Connect with events wants to do is this is your time to have a one-on-one experience where we get to kind of exchange ideas, and I love that stuff. I used to do soap cruises where it was 300 fans and us on a boat out at sea. There's nowhere to go, my friends. And we sat there and you talk, and it's just that wonderful interchange. I mean, most of the time we weren't even talking about the show. Right. But it, it's that kind of thing. If you want something personal and if you want something one-on-one, if you want to feel that you've made contact with somebody you've been, you know, I love that because we've been in each other's lives for, for me for 20 years. For Max, not so long. But, I mean, I think Max is such a wonderful actor that you probably feel like you know, you know Mom from being baby, the baby, who was played by Robbie, a wonderful actor, too. But, you know, that's the kind of thing. You want something where you have a personal experience where, you know, aside from autographs and pictures and stuff, you get, you get a one-on-one kind of thing. And like I said, it's not about velvet ropes and keeping people moving. This is where we all take our time and we hang together. And that's what it is. It doesn't get much more complicated than that. We get to hang out in Vegas. Who wouldn't want to, my friends? Whatever goes on in that room stays in the room. We all know that. Damn yes. It. Yes, absolutely. And during this um, interview, um, Booyah Foods has offered uh, a discount promo code for anybody purchasing tickets right now on booyahfoods.com. Enter the, the capital C for, for Christian, an L for LeBlanc, and a B for Blanc. So CLB in capital letters, and you'll get a discount promo code on your ticket after yeah, eight o'clock. I'm a promo code. You are you are a promo code, and yeah. after after eight o'clock from eight to tomorrow night at eleven thirty, you can enter LV for Las Vegas, and then CLV, and you will get a promo code for that as well from eight on. So. Definitely get your ticket. It's going to be a great time with Christian in Las Vegas, a venue that is amazing looking. Uh, it's Del Toro Restaurant. It's in the Palazzo Hotel, which is a very upscale hotel. Love the Palazzo. <laughs> there you have it. See, Christian, can't wait for to see everybody and to see you coming and to join us. Damn straight. Uh, <laughs> um, now, uh we cannot leave the air without talking about the wonderful and amazing Jeannie Cooper. Ken, I know you've known her for so many years. She was in your life for so many years. Can you share with us one of your favorite memories with Miss Jeannie Cooper? Oh, there's so many. She was such a great, you know, not an easy person. This was a diva. This is someone who comes from old school. You know, we've seen those black and white photos of her. If you ever would go out and rush out and get her book, you'll, you know, learn some stuff. 
Um, you know, I've been in my life, all my teachers tended to be, you know, in their 80s, actually. Charles Nelson Riley, Julie Harris, 70s and 80s. I, I think I learned from them because I was curious about spending my life, my entire life in the business. I want to do this until you drop on the stage, which is kind of what Jeannie did. She did what she loved up until a few weeks before she passed. And we were sitting around feeling miserable about it. And then I realized, you know what? Yeah, that's what that's how you want to go. You know, doing what you love, knowing her line. She was upset. That was so weird about it. She was so set just a few weeks before. Right. And, um, and she was, you know, just this force of nature. But, I mean, there's so many – she. You know, I gotta say, we were sitting there talking, and, and you'll see the show tomorrow. There's a there's a commemorative show tomorrow, um, and people were talking about being called at home. And you know, she never called me at home. Who said she never called me at home? And the only she really called me, she called me a little shit. They like to call me that. I have to say, um, but we traveled, and we had the most amazing experiences. And then for me, that's a special thing where you're outside of the studio, and 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 we went to hospitals and sick children, and and. Uh, one of my most my best memories are, you know, just sitting and talking with her late into the evening in the hotel room, or, or trying to pull her away from a, you know, slot machines in Vegas. She was a huge gamble, and she won every time. I don't know how she did it. Um, but there's this one experience, and I've done it. I had, I talked about it. I've talked about it before. It always sticks in my mind. Uh, we were pulling up into a, a casino in Mississippi. We were making an appearance, and we did. We travel. We travel all night. She'd leave you in her dust. You know, Greg and I would be in a parade sitting in a car. We're sweating like bandits, and she's powdered and quaffed and not a, not a hair out of place. I'm loving it. She lived for her fans, and they lived for her, i got to tell you. If you wanted to plan an event, you wanted butts and seats, just invite Jeannie. They'd show up in droves. Right. And we were getting out of a limousine, and this huge, a huge man who looked like he was a motorcycle, like a hell's ain't. Angel, I mean leather and big and and mushed hair and just like a thug. I mean, you didn't want to you meet this guy in a dark alley at all. And all of a sudden, he, he sees Jeannie getting out of the car, and he comes up and he says to the security guard and to Jeannie and to I, as I'm, I'm back and behind her, I'd like to hug Miss Chancellor, he called her. And she goes, yes. And he was huge, tall, tall, tall. He bent down, and it's as if he were holding a piece of porcelain, and he, <laughs> she disappeared from sight. He was so big, and put his arms around her. I don't even think he actually touched her, but he put his arms around her, but in, in such a beautiful, gentle, kind way. And she just, he just hugged him back, but you couldn't see her. And I don't know, like I said, I don't know if he ever made contact with his arms. He was being so careful, just like she was fine porcelain, and that's the kind of just—it was almost worshipfulness. Right. Of Miss Chancellor coming to town, and then you saw it over and over again. And I traveled with her everywhere. We, she'd call up, and we'd go to the, you know, the last. She's let's go to the last ape date of um, Guiding Light. Let's go, and I'd say, well, let's go to June, uh, you know, St. Jude's Hospital if we're going there. And then we'd stop at a casino, or we'd be up in Canada, and and tireless. And I think I, I really, you know, I just I liked being there. You just saw. You saw sometimes what it cost to be in the business for, for 60, 70 years. You know, she, she'd been for 50 years, 60 years. Yeah. You know, it, it, it takes its toll. Life takes its toll. But if you're still this generous person who's curious, and she always was, she wanted to know what's going on, where are we going, what are the politics of the situation, let's do something to help. 
She was always curious, and she never left that. She was never complacent. She always, you know, she loved a good journey. And, and you know, I was lucky enough to go on those journeys, some of them. So, yeah, that's that's just a bit of the memories. You'll hear a lot more tomorrow. Absolutely. Wonderful. Well, we want to thank you, Christian, for being with us today. It's been such a pleasure, and it's been wonderful having you. Um, such a pleasure being here. Thank you. Oh, thank you. And remember to get your tickets to see Christian up close and personal in Vegas um, at BooyahFoods.com. Thanks again, Christian. Have a wonderful night. And um, you, darling. You too. Welcome. Okay. See you soon. <laughs> thank you. Um, okay, this will conclude um, the interview with Christian LeBlanc. If you want to win tickets, for Christian's event, you can uh, you can tweet me at Media Night Radio, and the fifth person that tweets me will get a pair of tickets to the Las Vegas event. So remember, tweet me at, at Media Night Radio, M-E-D-I-A-N-I-T-E Radio, R-A-D-I-O. The fifth person to tweet me right now will win a pair of tickets to the Las Vegas event. Okay? I will talk to you soon and have a wonderful, wonderful uh, weekend, rest of the weekend, and we will have Max Eric on this week as well, and then we will have Max and Christian together probably next week or the week after. This is Deb signing off. Have a great night. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.